welcome to Winging It, a Crystal Palace podcast, episode one. We're calling this one Changing of the Guard, lads, because it works on so many levels that we'll get into. But first, I've got Albert, I've got Heskiff, got producer Sam, and I've got a Belgian beer, Abd 10, St. Bernardus. At 12, sorry. It's 10%. Wow. Look at it. Just hold it up for a second. The, no, the bottle. Lovely. Nice. Yeah. If Wes Anderson made a beer, it would <laughs> be that. <laughs> yes, indeed. How are you doing, lads? It's episode one. Are you excited? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want my excitement to clash with Heskiff's excitement, so I I made way for him there. I was born excited. It's not often I'm going to do that for you, mate. Stay stay excited so you don't have to get excited. That's the saying, isn't it? That sounds very tiring. Yeah, it's also a complete lie, isn't it? No, me. I'm excited. What are you drinking there, Albert? <clears throat> well, I'm drinking a Cruz Campo. Mm. And now there's a reason why he's drinking a Cruz Campo. It's because you're never you're never going to believe where Albert is. He's 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 only on holiday. Look, I didn't want it to become a theme, um, you know, changing of the guard on all that, and you know, here we are, episode one. I'm sorry, just get get it out of the way early. I'm here though. I'm on it. Are yeah. you are you doing a recce for Greater? No. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get on to Vinny G later. He's not um, welcome here. We've got a very packed show to get through. We're going to start with James MacArthur hanging up his boots. Uh, there was something very James MacArthur about his social media post, which, you know, everything was misaligned. There was loads of space left at the bottom. I don't know. That's just exactly how I feel like James MacArthur would handle social media. <laughs> But he said, thank you to everyone for your support during my career. After 18 years of playing professional football, the game that I love, today I am announcing my retirement. After playing for three amazing clubs in Hamilton, Wigan and Crystal Palace and representing my country, I can only look back on the past 18 months with immense, 18 months, fucking hell, 18 years with immense pride. I cannot thank the players, managers, coaches, owners, staff, members and fans enough for always supporting me and being a huge part of my journey. A day that I never wanted to happen, but it's a decision that I know is right for me and my family. I'm not entirely sure what the future holds, but I'm looking forward to the next chapter in my career. Okay. P.S. Fuck you, Nigel Pearson. (laughs) Did he write it himself, Heskiff? I reckon he probably did, but I reckon like you, he's not a big social media guy. So he was like, let's just bang this out as economically as possible. That'll do. Screen grab, tweet, done. Nice. Um, I I think he probably wrote it. I can't imagine he's got a social media manager for some reason. Uh, Anyway, 252 appearances, 18 goals. Probably three most well-remembered moments. You've mentioned one there, Albert. Yeah, not for anything that, uh, not for anything technically on the field, but uh, him 
re- receiving a what can I? I mean, what would you call that? A throttling. Throttling. That's good. Like a Homer Simpson, Bart yeah. Simpson sort of. Um, from oh, Nigel Pearson. I, I think whatever it is has probably got its own category on Pornhub somewhere. To be honest. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll take your word for that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, you know, it was uh, it, it's just it was very, very bizarre. Trying to pass it off as a joke as well. You get you, you get the feeling Nigel Pearson's definitely that sort of bloke. It's just banter, isn't it? It's just yeah. banter. It's just a bit of attempted murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh Watford winner. Yeah. Wolfrid Zaha dancing around everyone down the left. Not getting the assist officially yet. Um, and obviously that was the um, two goals in injury time. And that actually moved us off the bottom of the league as well, which is kind of a often forgotten fact about that goal. Absolutely humongous. Um, went for that period where he kept scoring headers. Do you remember that? Just couldn't stop scoring headers for some bizarre reason. But obviously Moore's known for just the ultimate box-to-box midfielder with very, very technically gifted Classy, no nonsense player. Just got on with it. The Scottish Iniesta. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, congratulations to James McArthur on a great career. Um, considering trophies make determine whether you're the best player or not, I think one FA Cup for Wigan makes him better than Harry Kane. Apparently, so yeah, hundred percent. Fair logic. Just, just facts. It, yeah. it is a bit annoying that he's got an FA Cup in his in his locker. And it wasn't with Palace. It was with bloody Wigan. Especially considering who the winner was scored by as well. Mm. I know. Very <laughs> annoying. Oh, my fellow ginger. Good old Ben Watson. If only he could tuck away penalties. Um, or beat a man at the near post from a corner. <laughs> Don't remember those times. <laughs> Long times ago now. Uh, but we're going to have to go back a little bit further than Ben Watson times. Um, a couple of weeks ago, former Crystal Palace manager Trevor Francis passed away. Rest in peace. First million pound footballer, but was, of course, the clearly most well known for his stint as Crystal Palace manager between November 2001 and April 2003. Um, I think won't focus on the managerial tenure as a whole. Uh, I wouldn't think it'd be right to because it'd be fairly negative, I imagine. Uh, but some amazing results thrown into his time as Crystal Palace manager. Um, most notably the 5-0 victory against Steve Copples Brighton at Sellers Park, <laughs> where AJ scored a hat-trick and then followed it up a few days later on a Tuesday night at Walsall with another hat-trick. Um, coming from 3-1 down to win 4-3 with a 94th minute winner or whatever it was. It was just an utterly bonkers night. But what, in research, I didn't realise, before those two games, AJ had two goals for Palace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> two goals. I, I, I sort of <laughs> vaguely remembered something like, like, you know, he hadn't really done much before that. And it was like the making of him. He, he could have never scored again, but the, the hat-trick again, the 5-0 against Brighton would have been enough. But I think it sort of kick-started him as a goal scorer for us, really, didn't it? And he obviously yeah. went mad with them over the next couple of years. Mm. Indeed. And then I think, yeah, I think his other goal would 
that those two games there, he'd scored one in the games before those as well to make it seven in three games. Um, and then he basically didn't stop scoring for the rest of his Palace career, effectively. Um, brilliant scenes. And of course, it was Trevor Francis who brought him in in kind of one of the most elongated one-two transfers ever, where sort of Morrison went off and came back. Johnson scored a bunch of goals and we made 10 million profit on it all somehow. <laughs> but you go. Um, and then, of course, the fantastic FA Cup replay victory at Anfield, winning 2-0. Uh, with Julian Gray scoring us an on-show own goal, wasn't it as well? Mm-hmm. Just crazy night up there. No, nobody saw that coming at all. Um, probably got, third. Did, biggest... someone get, did someone get sent off that game? Dougie Friedman. Yeah, Friedman, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it was. Oh, sorry, he was playing then. It was Doogie Friedman. Oh, yeah. Doogie. Yeah. Or Doug. Or Doug. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't Doug yet. The Doog. Oh, t- God, talking about the Doog, like um, my toddler three-year-old is firmly into Baha men who let the dogs out yes banger. it's it's a banger if you hear it once in a blue moon it's, <laughs> yeah, not, a, yeah. it's not a banger when you hear it 17 times a day. fair enough alexa <laughs> but to think we used to do that like he'd score and we'd play that song we'd get slated now if twitter existed oh, then my we'd, oh my goodness don't tell anyone. Yeah, yeah it wouldn't just, go down. You just well. did. Yes. Samantha bleep all of this part out of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be a game, sell us maybe against Sheffield Wednesday, where we scored four quite quickly. And it felt like it was just that and Clinton Morrison's song playing over and over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, different times. Um, Albert, you asked for some memories of Trevor Francis. I think I think I think Trev would want us to share these. It 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 did tickle me. Yeah, it, I, I I'm in a WhatsApp group with my dad, uh, my brother, and Jim, who I share my season ticket with, <clears throat> and in trying to get a little bit of you know feedback, tributes, whatever, I uh, we could maybe put the screen grab up later. I messaged the group saying, "Does anybody have any thoughts, tributes, memories of the Trevor Francis era that they would like mentioned on the podcast tonight?" And both literally at the same time, you know, when you can see two people are typing, <laughs> same t- same time stat. They came came through the both time. My brother, my dad, first with he was a miserable bugger on the open days, and my, <laughs> and my brother saying a miserable something else at the Palace open days. Literally came through <laughs> the same second, and I and I remember the one. I certainly remember what my brother's referring to because it was when you could get, you know you go into the changing rooms, couldn't you, on the open day or the family fun day, whatever it was called. And um, yeah, Trev was just he was just sat in the changing room, like like almost like he wasn't supposed to be there, but he obviously was supposed to be there. But <laughs> it was almost like he didn't know. It's like someone had said to him, "Just go, just go sit in there for ten minutes." And then every five minutes, just more random members of the public turned up, and he looked very sort of like, "What's going on?" I was going to um, say if he was probably just sitting there having a having a five minutes alone, and then a procession of the Curly family came in, I'd be pretty yeah. comfortable too, to be honest. Uh, all right, Jesus. Um, <laughs> that's why I don't do open days. Um, <laughs> so yeah, what, was it his birthday? Is the question? Oh, I don't know. When was his birthday? <laughs> the day he got sacked. Oh yeah. Not- <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> But, but it's my birthday. 
Yeah. Um, Never mind. And an, an ultimate goal of mine is for us to fact check Simon Jordan's book as much as possible throughout however long we do this podcast for. So I don't think we'll be able to fact check that one anymore. Um, but we're going to work on it. <laughs> and then, I mean, I guess the other most memorable Trevor Francis moment was him and Kalinko in the dugout. Oh, God. In the dugout. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, I mean, Kalinko's hooter was pretty big anyway, wasn't it? taking a punch on it from Francis he probably needs to just get over it <laughs> I mean Kalinko's nose was so big that it's, it's, a, it's a real possibility that he wasn't actually trying to punch him he just like you know <laughs> raised his hand when it was there <laughs> uh, oh dear oh Alex Kalinko fun times um, if you think now like looking back and in that squad Delhi Adibola Akinbae Cool. Kalinko in goal. Did Adibola and Akinbai play in the same team? Yeah, they absolutely did. No wonder he they was miserable. Done. Bloody hell. They must have played games together. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Yeah, incredible. But, you know, like, just, yeah, really um, interesting time as Crystal Palace manager. And, um, yeah, goes goes off. Thank you very much for... The five 0 against Brighton, it was you know still played to this day, always at the the kickoff video that comes out. You know those goals are on there and always be remembered. Um, so rest in peace, Trevor Francis, Wilfred Zaha, who's long departed now. I guess he's he's headed he's headed to Turkey. Um, not not for the reasons Andros Townsend headed to Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone to play Champions League football instead. <laughs> well, you say that. <laughs> well, you know they they have. Uh, we are recording on the eighth of August, twenty twenty three. Galatasaray company three 0 up at half time in the penultimate qualifying round. So they got one more to negotiate after this, but they're three 0 up in the first leg at half time away from home. I'm, Pretty sure they're, they're going to negotiate that round safely. And then it will be one more before Champions League proper group stages, um, which is, you know, the big reason why Wilf has gone. It's the biggest pull. He's always said he wanted to play Champions League football at some point. So <sighs> it's going to be a difficult conversation for all of us. Um, so I, I, I outsourced it to Clapham Grand, Chris Waters um, at Clapham Grand on social medias. Um and he gave a nice little summary on Will's career that we're playing out. 27th of March, 2010. Seems like a lifetime away. Oh, I still remember it when he made his debut against Cardiff. Seeing so many memories of Will over his time with us. Maybe starting with probably his performance at May United in League Cup. That's probably got him signed. When he stayed on loan, he effectively got us promoted through you know, Brighton away performance and obviously winning the penalty at Watford. Uh, what else? Feeling the pride, you know, I saw it. I was lucky enough to be in Stockholm to see his England debut. Um, his late equaliser in his first game back on loan against Newcastle United, that 3-3 game. Obviously, he won player of the year three times in a row. 
His goal against Bournemouth after he got abuse from the crowd, he just ran up the pitch and scored. Um, I'd say the key for me is, you know, every time Wilf got the ball, the entire crowd got up out of their seats, you know, in unison. The expectation's palpable, but he always delivered. But now he's gone. Um, I wonder, really, if the Palace hierarchy secretly are OK with that. You know, £200,000 a week freed up from a player who's increasingly, you know, aged and increasingly injury-prone. But let's be clear, his legendary status is sealed. I have a role to unfollow any Palace player on social media, you know, who leaves the club. I'll definitely make an exception for him. Good luck, Will. <laughs> Thank you, Chris, for that. So <laughs> the, the ending there of saying the rule of unfollowing players that have left on social media, um, both of you independently <laughs> mentioned it before we started recording. I might have to unfollow him. Heskiff, how, how are you holding up? Obviously, oh. you, you said last week in episode zero that Wilfred Zaha is your all-time favourite Crystal Palace player. Yeah. Um, how, how you been? <laughs> do you know what? It's funny. Even people that I work with who is very peripheral knowledge of my football club um, were like, oh, I read about that Zaha. Is there, are you okay? <laughs> and I've, had, I've just had to be like, oh, you know, it's tough. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, like I, I mentioned the social media thing. Normally, if a player leaves, I just don't follow him because I, yeah, don't, I don't want to see him doing well somewhere else. And with Wilf, I'm like, you know, it's Wilf. I can't, I can't unfollow Wilf. It's just, it's just Wilf. But every time he puts like a thing on Instagram where it's a picture or a video of him training with Galatasaray, I hate it. Like, I just hate it. And so I'm like, I kind of think I do have to unfollow him because I don't want to see him not playing at Palace. And I know, obviously, we'll get over it and time moves on and all that sort of stuff. But like... Just when I think I'm like, yeah, you know what? It is what it is. I see that and I'm like, it isn't what it is. This is terrible. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, what? I, there's not much more I can say about Wolf than I've said over the last however many years. I just think he's the best. He's definitely the best player I've ever seen. He must be the best player we've had at the club ever. I mean, if it's debatable, then it's very close. Um, I'm absolutely gutted he's left up. I mean, I hope he does well because it's Wilf. Um, but yeah, the Instagram's probably on its way out, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I don't think it's still even fully sunk in for me yet. I think it's gonna that's gonna happen when his name's not on the team sheet, <laughs> the opening game of the season, and then just all that realization that isn't not going to be there again. Although we do have our predictions later in the show and. Um, one outrageous prediction we received from a listener was Zaha back on loan in January. <laughs> we're, keeping, we're keeping the shirt number. Come on, Jesus. That's going, to be, that's going to be the thing. The thing is going to be when the next person comes in and gets his squad number, that'll, that'll piss me off. <laughs> what, what's France what? taken? He's, mm, good question. Because he, he was something like 42 in oh, I was wondering, just if it's assuming he took took the number, but who knows? But um, heavy, heavy if he does. So, what's Albert? What's your favourite Zaha memories? I mean, we've got the obvious. The obvious is the Brighton semi final. Obviously, it's just the pinnacle of moments of any Crystal Palace player coming from the academy and just 
you know, semi-final, the most important game in, you know, both those clubs' recent histories. And to just, you know, everyone already written us off for him to go there and score those two goals. Um, just incredible. And, and he's talked about how he's gone and tried to, he's watched it so many times on YouTube trying to, you know, chase that high because it just doesn't happen very often, you know. So we've got that. So aside from that, what's your, what's your Wilf memories? Uh, aside from tormenting Watford as well, we'll, 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 we'll allow you that one. I haven't really got any, to be honest. It's not over it. No, it's hard. To, it's no, it's hard. It's hard to it's hard to move away from that Brighton semi final, and it was a rare occasion that I could make a, a mid a midweek away game, uh, particularly one of that importance as well. And and you know what you say about him watching it back, trying to sort of achieve that chase, that highlight. There's something so unique about his sort of the way he celebrates those goals, you know, it's pure sort of, it's almost like he can't believe it. Um, you know, even though he was a player with, you know, the biggest amount of self-belief, you know, he, he, he still just almost couldn't sort of understand what was going on. And to be honest, neither could I. Um, so yeah, it's hard to break it. That's, that's definitely one of the most iconic ones, but then you just look at, I don't know, there's just so many, just so many goals out of nowhere you know, and not necessarily in games that we took anything from, but, you know, it, it, particularly the, the season under Vieira, a couple of just screamers that he scored like the same goal, like almost like four t- identical times, you know. Um, and just his general, I thought he always came, I thought he came across really well in sort of post-match in interviews or interviews with the press, you know, it was very sort of heart on sleeve, but without being you know, over-emotional, which he sort of got, he had that sort of thrown at him a lot whilst he was on the pitch, um, you know, petulant and all these words that were thrown around, but it's just, it's just, he cared and it was a, it was yeah. heart on sleeve and yeah, you know, all right, he's, he's, he's left the club, but throughout all those moments, he was representing his local, his local club and a club that he'd been at since he was a, you know, a young lad. So I always thought he was a great, a great representation of, what we stood for and um, what we look for in our sort of palace heroes and our palace icons. Um, yeah. And it stings to sit here and talk about him not there anymore, but to be honest, you know, I've over the last three, four years, there's always been moments where you think, Oh yeah, this is the summer where he's going. This is the summer where he's going. And it was always a new contract and it's kind of been a ticking time bomb, isn't it really? You know, that the last five year deal that he signed the moment it got anywhere near, expiring within 12 months the sort of writing was on the wall I think the only the only thing that sort of doesn't hurt that's the, that's the wrong that's the wrong word the only thing that's slightly sort of yeah about it is that <clears throat> no disrespect to Galatasaray they're hopefully playing the Champions League but you sort of felt that there was there was potentially a bigger opportunity for him and you know he's he's had, he's had to take this one yeah just to jump in I think the one thing as well with Wilf and you, you touched on it a bit there, was there's no way you can say that he didn't care about the game when he was playing for us. You know, if you, you see him celebrate other people's goals as well when he was at Palace, like he loved it when Palace scored. And I actually well, he's, think mu- he's mural. He's mural. Is yeah, the absolute is, is, cast iron example of that. Exactly. And I think, you know, like Albert said, people threw, oh, he's petulant, oh, he's got a bad temper, whatever. Like, he cared. He definitely cared. And whether he's at the club now or not, 
there's you know he we know that he loves Palace. Obviously, it's reciprocated. But it was great to have someone as good as him, who was exciting as him, and who you knew would do everything he can to win. Um, to to yeah, care and give a shit as much as we do about the club. So yeah, I just think there's there could be no bad word said about him really. Yeah, I just feel I don't blessed is probably the word I should be using to see basically his whole career and see him grow from that skinny little lad that you know got sent off at Portsmouth because he got shit out into kicking someone and you know really exploding onto the scene in that first season but you know effectively really struggling because if you think we were he's thrown at the deep end we had no players he was having to play in a squad with like Kieran Dejali and all that sort of stuff and loads of youngsters Kieran Cadogan and they were all just thrown to the wolves basically and you know played pretty much had to play 46 games in that season and just, you know, try and ride it out. And we ended up just surviving. And he obviously only scored that goal against Leicester that season. Um, Started to, the following season really started to sort of come into a bit, but then obviously the promotion season where he just come alive and just, you know, absolutely unplayable at moments, got the foil that he needed on the other side in Balassi and everything just came together and got his move to Man United, obviously, for many reasons that didn't work out. Um, still feel absolutely gutted for him that he didn't get Ferguson, didn't stay on for one more year. You never know. Things could have been very different for him, but selfishly for us, <laughs> we're happy that that didn't happen. And um, yeah, just um, come back and then just so many magical moments. You know, Chris talked about it. He's, he's equaliser, come back, second debut equaliser 97th minute or whatever it was up at Newcastle where we never fucking get a result it seems like uh, but absolutely just incredible and um, <clears throat> even towards last season we were talking about you know you was talking about the goals under Vieira one goal in a month against Norwich like last season the goal against Brentford stuff like that just that th- those things you saw him add to his game Mm-hmm. As he as he went on, you know, so many so many times in the past, he was criticised for his finishing. But you know, you saw him work really hard on and develop that side of his game. Early last season, the goal against Liverpool springs to mind. All that sort of stuff, where it's really you know, like he become prolific in front of goal. Um, it's going to be a huge miss, obviously. Um, but I really don't begrudge him the move as much as it hurts, and I love him to play for us. Like he's fulfilling a dream. He's going to play in the Champions League. And that's where he should be. And get a couple of seasons out there doing that and um, hopefully a couple of trophies under his belt as well. I can't see how Galatasaray do not win the league this season out there, given the squad that they've got, the quality they've got. If you think it's him, Zaniolo and Icardi is the front three for Galatasaray in that league, that's just bonkers. <laughs> um, I'm fully expecting him to get his first 20-goal season there this year, um, assuming his body holds up, but... So he's gone. We move on. The guard has changed, as we say, and long live Matthias Frenzer, <laughs> who is injured. Yes. <laughs> Why wouldn't we off. sign an injured player? Cross it off on your bingo cards. <laughs> um, Pull the hammy doing all that fucking samba dancing. Yes, yeah, it's the, the Sammy Hammy. That's what he's got. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, unbelievable. 
uh, really, really looking forward to seeing him get involved. But Roy didn't even give a time either. It sounded like it was, you know, weeks or months, not days, you know, before him getting into training. So we'll we'll have to wait and see. I guess really but... heavy, really heavy pen they gave him to sign the deal. <laughs> mm. I mean, his mum is Steady. I don't know whether like is <laughs> very prominent on Instagram. And she got very confused saying she said champion hashtag Champions League when talking about his chances of Palace. Now I don't know what Doug's Come back, been saying. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to tell her? <laughs> um, yeah, but also on top of that, very interestingly, he's being investigated for fraudulently gaining a driving license. Oh, it gets better. Fucking hell. Between him and Edouard, Jesus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Has he ever had a baby girl? <laughs> See, this is why I do this with you guys because in my notes right there on the side it says Edouard in the back with a baby gun. Yeah. Didn't and, even two, need to and, tell you. and 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 two check the cures in the back as well. <laughs> um yeah. Hopefully you can drive Mateta to Everton for twenty mil. <laughs> <laughs> and if they um, and if they refuse to pay, then Edouard can pull out the gun. <laughs> <laughs> I just shoot Daesh in the face. It'd probably bounce off Daesh. Yeah, just... no, no, he'd miss. Don't worry. <laughs> you wouldn't believe that with some of the outrageous predictions that we've. Anyway, should we get on to our top scorer predictions? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, some other news we've got. Vinny G, why have you done it, Vinny G? Let's let's hear what Hodgson's got to say about Vinny G in an interview today. Yeah, Butler leaving Guaita. Um, what's the latest there? Is Sam Johnson the clear first team? He's the only choice? one at the moment because Guaita is disenchanted with the club. He, he's made it clear to the, to the club that really he would like to to move on. He's been refusing to play in our game so far mm. but the complication of course is that he has a year's contract so it's up to the club to decide really not him but uh, the current situation is that he he's made it clear to everybody that he doesn't want to be here and compete with Sam Johnston so Sam Johnston is is the number one and Remy Matthews is the number two. How do you handle a situation like that when a player says I don't want to be here? It's up to the club now isn't it? I mean the fact is players, any player can do that, it's not difficult and I'm certain there are many clubs around the world with lots of players who, who would rather leave than stay, but the fact is when you sign a contract with a club basically you commit yourself to what's needed at that club and the classic thing that's needed from a player who signs a contract at a football club is to play football so when you no longer want to play football for that club it does cause uh, enormous amount of friction and it would be interesting to see now how the situation resolves itself. I can't physically make way to play. <laughs> no, yeah. can't. Uh, but at the same time, it's not certain that the club will accept that his refusal to play means they have to let him go. So we'll wait and see. And I'll wait and see at the end of the transfer window if he's still here. I can't make Vincenzo Guay to play. However, my friend Odson Edouard here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, 
Vinny G always loves to post those Instagram posts of his, of him box shadow boxing and stuff like that. It'd be a bit. Roy, Royer would be what's that old school boxing stance? Queensbury rules. Yeah. <laughs> Put your jukes up. Put your jukes up. Yeah, exactly. Um, Just a little sidebar before we get into that. How how fresh was Roy looking in that interview? He looked fucking pissed off. Yeah, but he, he looked he, like he, he wanted to he wanted to pull but roll back the years, and let's not take the piss here, Vinny. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was hoping for a more sort of like brick top from snatch kind of response. You know what <laughs> nevertheless means, <laughs> but no, he was looking very fresh, and and oh. I think um, I did have this on the running order to talk about Steve Parish on Jake Humphrey's high performance podcast, but you two weren't having a fucking bar of it. So. <laughs> I, I did listen to about half hour of it. But. Oh, you made I. I I, I got about seven minutes and I was I was out. Do you know, do you know what that yeah, is? Did. That is because you are not a high performer. I don't have I don't have the right mindset. I don't have an elite mindset, and that's a problem. No, no you don't. <laughs> what was your mindset when you were seven years old? Off, turn off, log out. I'm good, thanks. Probably play with toys. <laughs> but <laughs> Parish did talk about Hodgson you know, being refreshed in that interview. I think it was in, in that interview. Oh God, this 10% Belgian beer is like playing absolute <laughs> havoc with my mouth. <laughs> my tongue is like, it doesn't want to work. Uh, but yeah, he, he's talking about, you know, Hodgson, you know, just kind of towards the end of his four-year tenure, looking a bit old and, you know, over it. But, you know, now he's like refreshed and full of ideas and everything like that. I mean, that's probably because he's got Elise and Eze. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of having fucking nobody like he had before. But um, it's neither here nor there. The, the, uh, but- pictures, the pictures of Roy at, uh, in the US on the, the, the preseason tour just now rolling around in his aviators. He's absolutely loving it. Yeah, and fucking kicking off with a ref as well, just being like, oh, hey. But um, no good. Um, but Vinny G, how has it how has it come to this? Is you know he's someone who's always been so good with the fans, um, always seemed to be really into the club and loving it all. Is now all of a sudden gets a bit of competition and he's out. It seems seems sad. I know that. Um, I think I messaged you guys a couple of weeks ago. The PFA have been involved and stuff like that, you know, to try and resolve the situation. So it's really fucking messy. I didn't didn't know that. Yeah. It's really messy behind the scenes. So he really just wants out. um, And hopefully we can resolve that for all parties. If he doesn't want to be here, let's, let's get him out. Mm -hmm. But if there's nobody, yeah, if there's nobody interested, there's nobody interested, you know, it's not like, I think there's teams queuing up for him. So I'll have to wait it's, and see. It is a shame though, isn't it? Because he always, like you say, he did seem just like a really nice guy, like a bit of a joker, up for a laugh, whatever. And it seems a bit sad now that, you know, he got injured, Johnston came in and deservedly kept the the the, the jersey or the shirt or whatever oh. because he played really well. You know, just fight for your place. All right, Sam Johnston might start the year as number one, as he, you know, rightfully should. But then there's no guarantee he doesn't get injured. There's no guarantee his form, you know, doesn't go up and down. So you just think, just stick it out, even if it's for a year. So to sort of kick off and be like, well, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to train. It's just a bit, 
it's a bit off, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's very strange. I'm assuming something's triggered him and pissed him off. It can't just be because he's got Sound a fight great. for his plays. Yeah, yeah, it can't be. Um, but I don't know. Maybe in 10 years we'll try and fact-check it in Steve, <laughs> Parrish, Steve Parrish's book or something. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and last bit we want to touch on before, we're going to speak to uh, Ollie, who is from the Sheffield United Way, I want to say. Yeah, the Sheffield United Way podcast about um, our upcoming opponents for the opening game of the season. We'll speak about Elise. I mean... <laughs> If he's got a thirty-five million pound release clause in his contract, which it looks like it has, but it's not as simple as that, you know, he's got to want to leave and so on. Especially considering fucking Chelsea are gift wrapping twenty-five million for old Butterfingers in goal. What's his name? Is it Sanchez? Sanchez, who, yeah. Who dropped the ball on Topkins' head at <laughs> Sellers last season? I mean. It would be criminal if he went for thirty-five million. Hopefully, it won't happen. Um, Carl, who's will be on this pod in a few weeks, because I think you're away in a few weeks, Albert. So I think we'll draft Carl. What, in makes, what makes you say that? What makes you think I'm on holiday? Oh, what maybe because you're always on fucking holiday. <laughs> pod three. <laughs> pod three. There you go. Okay, I'll have to, <laughs> I'll have to tie him up. Um, but he was saying today, you know. Elise is the most well-advised player that we've ever come across in terms of, you know, if Wolf's probably the epitome of the worst, <laughs> um, uh, worst advised by agents, Elise is really well-advised. And, you know, this whole people being pissed off that we have this release clause in his contracts, effectively, we wouldn't have Elise if this release clause was in his contracts because it's part and parcel of it. Because, let's face it, we all know he's going to the fucking top, like, He's he's left footed. He can beat any man on a on a, with anything. He can score goals. He assists goals. He's he's the full package in that sense. And just more and more with City losing Mares, I just I just can't see. It probably won't be this year. I think it'll be next summer. But I just can't see how he doesn't end up at City. To be honest, um, I think that's his ultimate destination. And. <clears throat> None of us could begrudge him that, you know, at all. A bit like, you know, you were talking earlier, Albert, about, you know, Galatasaray for Wilf, hoping for a better move. Um, City for Elise is probably the ultimate end goal, you know, and I, I really just don't see how it doesn't happen for him, especially with his work ethic that he showed last season and his mm-hmm. willingness to defend and get back and so on. I just, I just don't see how Pep doesn't look at that and just go, that's my left winger for the next five years <clears throat> makes total sense for them but I think we'll get another year out of him um, that hamstring and injury was good for something in the end <laughs> but yeah hopefully we'll get another year out of him but um, for everyone getting super angry about the 35 million pounds release clause I say it's not if it's not there we don't have a lease eh? yeah. and I think uh, uh, say Carl was saying as well it's Parish is back in the country this week it's just something that needs to be ironed out Elise wants to doesn't want to leave yet he knows he's all he wants to do at the moment is play he's not going to go to City and play every week currently so another season with Palace play every week 
we up the release clause because let's face it, look at some of the transfer fees are going around. Mm-hmm. It's not a hard sell to say to Elise, say, look, mate, we're going to up your release clause to 60 million or 65, 70 million or whatever, because let's, let's face it, it's going to be paid. No one's going to, no one's going to care right. what it is. Yeah. So th- 35, do us a favor, let us double it and or whatever. So I'm sure that will all be ironed out and sorted out. Yeah, and stick it and stick him on a year of big money that, that we know we're not paying Wilf anymore. You know? Yeah. Yeah, big, big, big saving on Will. Ten million a year, big, big saving that we're not yeah. paying him anymore. And so. you know, and it's pointing out the re- the real obvious. There's no Will Zaha in his way to get into the team, even. So you know, he's, mm. if he's gonna, he, between him and Eze, they're gonna they're gonna be the ones now shouldering all that weight mm-hmm. that Zaha used to have to sort of do in before they arrived. Like that's that's now all on them. So mm. you know, it's, it's a good it's a good opportunity for him to like, say get another consistent year when when he's back from injury anyway consistent year of Premier League and only and only cement that sort of desire for those top clubs whether it's City, Arsenal fucking Chelsea Liverpool because he'd, he'd slot in at any of them so yeah. hopefully if he's that well advised that involves them saying to him look just hold on you know he's not like he's not like he's 28 looking for one last fucking payday you know he's he's, he's got plenty of time on his side and it, it also it also sounds like he I mean, like you say, Carl was talking about it earlier today, but it also sounds from various sources that he's happy at Palace at the moment. You know, mm. obviously that comes down to getting regular football, but the the football we were playing towards the end of the season was great. It really, like, underlined how good he was and how important he can be. And, and you know, think back to that game away at Leeds where he's got free assist, didn't he? And you just like, mm. you, you can be the man. You know, Wolf's yeah. not here. Obviously, Eze is going to shoulder some of it as well, but you can really cement to the, to all the top clubs how good you are. And he's only yeah. was he twenty one? I mean, he's got his basically his entire career ahead of him still. So yeah, I think another year here, he's he world's his oyster really. A few more chess games. <laughs> yeah, we need a season two of Eze versus Elise. Just be like, you can't leave yet, Mike. You. Season season two, mate. You got some more games of chess to win, <laughs> right? Um, we're going to go off now. And we're going to speak to a Sheffield United fan. Well, I'm going to speak to a Sheffield United fan because you know putting in those double shifts on the podcast record while you, t- Albert, sunning himself in Tenerife, and God knows what Heskiff's doing. Just s- sitting down doing nothing, like usual. Buying what? Buying what art? I imagine. Um, so, yeah. sure. <laughs> so we'll be back after this speaking to Ollie from the Sheffield United way. Right, everyone, we are now joined by Ollie from the Sheffield United way podcast and um, also the co-host of the EFL debate championship podcast. Mate, I got news for you. You wouldn't know yeah. with your fans, but you're in the Premier League now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, I'm just the same as the other United fans preparing for the worst. Just keeping <laughs> myself in that kind of space so that I've still got a foot in the door of the championship because <laughs> it does seem to be calling our name at the minute. Um, hopefully, mm. though, that's just the pessimist in me. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's been a trying couple of weeks. Yeah, well, in 97, 98... When, of course, you will know Palace beat Sheffield United in the playoff final. Steve Coppel yeah. famously famously said after the game, um, what are you expecting in the Premier League? And he said, nine months of misery. Um, and I don't think it's too far away from how you guys are feeling at the moment. Now, you've just been promoted to the Premier League. This is supposed to be a joyous time. Yet yeah, here we are. Let our listeners know the plight of Sheffield United as it is at the moment. 
Yeah, indeed. So, to be honest, this all started not long after we returned from the World Cup last season. So we went into January. We'd had a fantastic start to the season. We were second in the league. And actually, at that point, we were kind of keeping up with Burnley. We were looking like one of the best teams in the league. We had a fantastic run uh, through the first half of the season. And then the news came that we were in a transfer embargo. Um, we'd not paid for one of our transfer fees. We weren't able to pay the instalment. And so that put a real sort of cloud over the end of last season. It very much became a, obviously promotion is always great, but it almost became a desperation. Like it was a necessity to get promoted rather than it being a nice journey to be on. You know, last time we did this with Chris Wilder, we were on a real up and it felt as though everything at the club was going in the right direction and we were all pulling together to really have this fantastic journey. Whereas this time it felt like we need to get promoted because otherwise I don't know what happens to the club. Like financially, we just seem to be staring into the abyss. So the promotion was already feeling a little bit like desperation. But we got to this summer and you thought, yes, we've done it. We're over the line. We don't need to worry now. We've been promoted. Let's look at consolidating. You know, we were for a long period of last season, a fantastic championship team. You know, we got more than 90 points. And like I say, for at least the first half of the season, we pushed Burnley all the way. We'd struggled with injuries, still bounced back, still kept on going. And we knew we had gaps in the team. So we'd got some lone players who were leaving us in the summer, most notably James McAtee and Tommy Doyle. They'd really come into the team towards the end of the season. They'd really started to be standout players. And the noises started to be that the likelihood is that they weren't going to be coming back. And so we knew we'd got replacements to do. And then as the summer went on, the noises continued. You know, we knew we weren't going to be making massive signings. I think so far the biggest signing we've made this summer is about £5 million for Austin Trusty, uh, the left centre-back from, he was at Birmingham last season, but we've brought him in from Arsenal. And so we knew we weren't going to be splashing the cash, but the rumours were building and building that our star player from last season, the player who I think was the best player in the Championship last season, Illumin and Dai, was likely to be leaving the club. Uh, we knew he'd only got 12 months left on his contract. But when we got promoted, you kind of thought, well, they'll sign a new one. Like, of course they will. We're in the Premier League now. They've done the championship. Why wouldn't they sign a new contract? Well, they wouldn't sign a new contract. So that's Illumin and Dai, who departed us to join his boyhood club, Marseille. And he leaves, you know, he leaves to an extent with the well wishes of the fan base. You know, it's nice to see somebody not chase money, but chase going to their boyhood club, wanting to make an impact with a place that's close to his heart. It's a shame it dragged on as long as he did. You know, he only left last week as we record. So that's at the end of July. And so he sort of left us in the mire with two weeks left before the end of the season, having built our entire pre-season around him being the star of the team. But you start to get over it. You think, you know what? He's moved on, but we will try and find a replacement. We've had rumours about which players we'd be going for. And then yesterday, as we record, the 7th of August the noises start coming that Sander Berger, uh, another one of our key players, our all-time record signing, um, somebody who has been with the club for three seasons and has struggled with injuries, but has always been regarded as one of our most talented and best players. Um, when he's on it, he was nobody in the championship could deal with him. And in the Premier League, when we were last here, he had some fantastic standout games when he was fully fit. I particularly remember a game at Bramall Lane in the lockdown where he just tore Tottenham apart. 
And then there's, let's say, the news has hit that he's likely to be departing. But not just is he departing five days before the start of the new season. He's going to what many people may call a relegation rival in Burnley. So it's taken the gloss off the promotion quite a bit. And, you know, going into this first game, looking ahead to Saturday, our squad is significantly weaker than the squad that finished last season. You know, that's all three players who I think started... So as our central midfield, we play a three. And at the end of last season, that three was consistently James McAtee, Tommy Doyle, Sander Berger, none of whom are still at the club. In front of them in the number 10 role was Illiman and Dai. He was our top assister, top scorer, best player, no longer at the club. And we've not yet really got replacements in for any of those players. So we think that there will be signings coming. We have been told by the owner that signings are coming to expect the team to be in a much better position at the end of the window than they are now. But it's not the position we want to be in just looking ahead to the first game or any of the opening games, to be honest. Yeah, and looking at your opening fixtures being us and Forest, they're games you've got to be eyeing to get points off. Um, I'm I'm not too proud to admit that. (laughs) You're at home to Palace, I think. Uh, a couple of seasons ago, you've, you beat us 1-0 in your first, first season there. Game. I think it was, was the opening game as well, was it? Or second game second, of the season? It was something our like first that. game. First game at Bramall Lane. Mm. Uh, we'd drawn at Bournemouth the first game. And then second game, Bramall Lane got our first win on the board. Yeah, and again, that's what we were hoping for. We thought that would be the target. We also play Everton within our first five at Bramall Lane. And so you were really looking. And I was thinking, you know, let's target. Let's be realistic. I don't want to be over excited but let's say six points from five games you know we're going to lose to Man City but there's a chance against Palace against Forest against Everton that we can at least not lose Hmm. and so I also think that the momentum is so important you've got to start well when you're newly promoted you've really got to kick on carry your momentum and that carries you through the season because points on the board are so so important and it does feel as though we've kind of blown our opportunity to get those points on the board by allowing our team to be taken apart this close to the start of the season when there's just no chance of getting players in nobody's going to realistically be able to have a proper impact on this squad now until after the first international break that's when we'll probably see the impact of new signings and that's just feels way too late to be starting your season when you're expecting a battle even at the best of times yeah well you got some Saving graces, which I'm going to throw at you. Um, obviously, Forrest had a horrible start last season and survived. Lost their they first did. seven, I think it was. Um, Palace, the last time we played on opening day against a team from Yorkshire, just got promoted. We lost 3-0 to Huddersfield Town at home. So, never you never know. <laughs> <I take that. laughs> and um, I did notice in my research that both you now have both top-scoring centre-backs from the Championship last season. And we are... Fucking dreadful at defending corners. So, <laughs> so there is yeah. hope. We we offer the blades some hope going into the game. It's not it's not all doom and gloom. No, there is some hope. We have got a really strong defence. Uh, you know, we've managed to keep most of that defence together. So I do think we'll be quite good at keeping games to really low margin. I don't think it's an a situation where we're going to be losing three, four, five, like Leeds did at times in the last couple of seasons. It's going to be tight games that we're trying to win 1-0. You know, we have got a really good record. We were great on set pieces last season. You know, we like you say, we've got Anel, who was a top-scoring centre-back. We've then just signed Truste, the second top-scoring centre-back. So there are positives. There are some things that we can cling on to in our hope. 
but yeah, it's just tempered all the excitement. And I think the phrase that keeps coming to me is, isn't promotion just supposed to be more fun than this? That's the words that keep reverberating around my brain. Yeah. Well, Ollie, thank you so much for joining us. Um, wish you luck in the season and hopefully you can get the club sold and get someone in who's going to actually try and move it forward. And um, the Premier League's a better place with you guys in it. So hopefully you can stick <laughs> around. No, fingers crossed, mate. And thank you very much. And again, yeah, all the best to yourselves as well for the season. Just not for Saturday because we need this more than you. Let's be honest. <laughs> Okay, thanks again to Ollie for joining us there and talking uh, about Sheffield United's current oh god, just a fucking shit show. I don't know, I don't know what else to say about it. Absolute shit show. And you know, we've been there with Palace. We know what it's like. Hopefully, that they can turn it around and sort all that out. So all this left traditional for me, Heskiff and Albert predictions for the season, lads. I think Samantha's going to join in in the background with hers. Have you, have you got your Samantha? Give me a thumbs up. She's got it. Okay. If this is going to be where we look back at the end of the season and Samantha's <laughs> got everything right, that's going to be annoying. <laughs> I don't know. I've been very pragmatic this season. La- last year I said we finished seventh, but maybe I'm a season early. We finished 12th, so obviously I was a season early, which would suggest I'm going to predict seventh as our finishing place. That's not fucking happening. I mean, you've had a 10% beer, but it's still not strong enough <laughs> to go anywhere near a seventh place prediction. I, I, I made sure I wrote these down before I drunk a single drop of that beer when I saw it, it was 10%. <laughs> yeah. which is, it's, it's very lovely, actually. It's really actually kind of sweet. Um, I think it's very, I think it's a very, very popular beer, St. Bernardus. I think it's one of those ones when you go to Belgium that's everywhere, basically. Um, it's lovely. It's about, I met a Belgian family at the pool, uh, yesterday so send me a picture of the label and i'll, I'll hang on like hang it. on hang on hang on hang on hang on hang on you met what? someone else at the pool and they were supposed to be on this show where i completely forgot about this <laughs> you they were never supposed to be on the show you were either supposed to get them on the show or at least get a snippet from them saying hi i'm Luis figo <laughs> <laughs> and you're listening to winging it a crystal palace podcast listen i didn't want to interrupt him it was at the bre- it was at, it was at the breakfast buffet it wasn't at the pool and i didn't want to interrupt him because he was on 52 keepy uppies with a grapefruit <laughs> is he still there have you seen him about or has he gone already uh i didn't see him today but mm. i'm pretty sure his family is still here okay look yeah. at his figo saw his feet and everything he's just like that's like that. That's Luis. There's Luis Figo's feet. He's got two of them. He's got two of them. They're just like mine. I mean, if you'd have managed to get him as a guest, it would have been the funniest shit ever. Like, why? Why have you got Luis Figo <laughs> yeah. on a Crystal Palace podcast? Because it's fucking Luis Figo. Crystal, yeah. who? Good enough. Welcome. Good enough. Yeah. I tried I to. I, tried, I considered throwing a bit of black pudding at him from the buffet to try and remember he got a pig's head thrown at him when he went from Barca to Real Madrid just to see if that invoked any memories. But then I thought, nah, it's too, it's too nice here. I'll get thrown out for that. (laughs) Right. Okay. So usual predictions this year, top scorer, top assist, clean sheets, position, player of the year, and outrageous prediction. 
but we've added an extra one as well, which <laughs> goals conceded from set pieces is another stat we're going to be aiming to predict this season. So <clears throat> quick fire, fly around, top scorer, Heskiff, go. As a 13. Albert? As a 12. As a 9. And Samantha, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, I want to hear Edward 22. I was going to say as a 12, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so as a clean sweeps the ball there, uh, I, I reckon top assists might have a clean slip. <laughs> if, if you can say it, you've got, <laughs> you got your fucking speaking Flemish. This, you know, this was like listening to Chris earlier talking about Zaha when he said um, three about four times in five seconds, which is difficult for a South Londoner at the best of the time to get that <laughs> out. But, <laughs> so, Albert, clean sweep, I imagine, with Michael Elise. With seven. Oh, that's exactly what I've put. Elise seven. E. I've gone for Elise. Remember how I said I was going to be really positive? Yeah. Elise 14. He's missing a lot of games. He's missing a lot of games at the start. Uncle Roy is going to have him playing some absolute worldy football. Source, Source Hodgson, 14. And Samantha, what's the actual answer? Elise 10. Okay. Nice. Follow it up again. Same as last season. Clean sheet. Samantha, you can shoot yourself on this one. Uh, nine. Oh, <laughs> I've gone twelve. I don't know if that's optimistic or not. It depends if Sam Johnson's injured and fucking Remy Matthews is playing in goal for the first three months of the season. <laughs> Eskif, what you got? Um, oh, I've gone negative again. I said I've said eight. I think that's oh. too low. I'll stick with it. I'll stick with it, and I've said it. But I think we we might get more than that. But I'll stick with eight. And Albert to finish off our clean sheets. Ten. Ten. Nice. Okay, position. I always like position one because I'm always Four. the one who's utterly, <laughs> utterly optimistic. Um, but I'm going 12th this year. We're going to finish 12th. I, I've, the sample size is big enough. <laughs> it, no matter what happens, we'll finish 12th. Haskell. Yeah, 12. Albert. I'm in another, I'm in a, what, a football group uh, with lots of different supporters in there. And there was a, there was a quick poll. It was like good season, bad season, expected season. And I put 12 for all of them. So <laughs> I'd be a fool if I sat here and didn't join the 12 bandwagon. So yeah, 12. And Samantha, clean sweep. No, I've gone 14. Oh. 14. Oh. I'm not in an optimistic mood. But in a, in a way, quite refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be something different. <laughs> um, player of the year. I think it's there's probably a few candidates. We've been known, as we did last season, to give it to Decore, that type of player. So mm-hmm. not which necessary. One? Uh, which one? Which one? Um, <laughs> two, two, two check decores. So, Albert, what are you going for? Uh, it's so, such a boring answer, but I'm, I've gone with Eze. 
<laughs> Samantha. I went with Eze. <laughs> Skiff. James T- Eze. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've also got Eze. I wasn't expecting a clean sweep there because you can see how a Mark Gay would slip in, or or even Decore again. Um, you never know. I could have said Lerma, but I saw his passing ability against Leon the other day. <laughs> so I don't think Is that what drove you to the ten percent beer? <laughs> I, I, I reckon he passed to the opposition more times than he passed the Palace players. Did he get a yellow card? In pre-season, with although the ref was willing to book people, but no, he didn't get a yellow card. But you know, it's his first game with us in a proper setting, and he hasn't had the proper preseason and all that. So, and it's not the player I've seen when I've seen him play against us. So, I'm sure it won't. I'm sure it won't continue. But it did make me chuckle. Like, chuckle is not the right word. I was not happy. <laughs> but there you go. And the favourite at the end of the season, the outrageous prediction. I'll, I'll kick us off. I've gone with Palace to finish above Brighton. Oh, jeez. Europe to really affect Brighton and them to just not be able to get it right. I don't know. I feel like they've signed really well. That's why I think it's outrageous because I think they will finish above us. So it's my outrageous prediction because somehow Brighton will just mess it all up and it won't happen for them. Albert, what you got? I've gone for quarterfinals of both domestic cups. I mean, that is outrageous with Roy Hodgson in charge. <laughs> exactly. Samantha, <laughs> <laughs> um, so what you got? Uh, doing the double over Manchester United. Oh, take that. Ooh, I would take it. Um, yeah, I feel like we'd need Will for that. But Okay, and Heskiff, what you got before we go into um, some listeners? I think someone on Twitter actually put it, but mine is that Edouard will get double figures for goals. Yeah, so Luke, Luke Weezer Seychelles. Is it outrageous enough that I think Edouard could hit double digits this season? To which you said to him, don't steal my answer. <laughs> Which might as well, I think it's outrageous to suggest that anyone would get anyone double digits. Will. <laughs> and, and here I am saying that two people will, because I said Eze is going to get double figures too. And can I just say, I think Edouard was my prediction last season for top goal scorer, I think, with 13. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, maybe if we add last season and this season together, you might get to 13. Who knows? I'll take anything, yeah. <clears throat> uh, this is very... Um, current from Lee Ayers saying there'll be too many Palace podcasts to listen to and I'll miss the best ones while listening to the boring ones. A bit like matches. So, Is that a dig at us? <laughs> I, was uh, say, I don't know if that's a diss or a compliment. I don't know. It is what it is. It's just written down. <laughs> um, oh, how about cutting down on the bad language? If episode zero is anything to go by, I appreciate the old fuck flyers about in football talk but seriously using the c word no need fellas i wonder who used the c word yeah he said no need fellas it's only one person <laughs> bringing the tone down 
Uh, Matt M92 has gone, actually sign a right back. Now, I think it is the 10-year anniversary of us paying money for a right back in Jack, you know, name that rhymes with something that Husky said I was going to say, week. don't you say yeah. the word. <laughs> yeah, don't sneak it in there under the radar. <laughs> well, we all know what you're doing. <clears throat> Uh, WFT does, does Nathan Ferguson not count because we did have to we have to cough up a bit of money for him I don't know if we've actually paid for him yet though have we I fucking hope not <laughs> those, those, those 11 minutes don't come cheap uh, okay WFCPFC said with Hall coming in on loan Tyrek Mitchell has a much better season than last I used to score more than five goals as a to make the Euros squad um, I'm not That's sure a good shout. Out. Yeah, I'm not sure it's outrageous though. I think he's probably got a good chance. I reckon. Yeah. Um, SA 15 goals from Johnny. Uh, France will play an absolute maximum of 15 games. Uh, I can confirm that that stacks up. <laughs> that was from CPFC Jude. Um, Mark David. The- who was the um, South American player we signed in the Premier League season? Um, Not Caviedis. Yes. Yeah. Is he the new Caviedis? Even Caviedis. Or is he the new Nicola Ventola? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he's a Premier League version of Andre Moritz. I don't know. Who knows? Mark Davis has said Jeff Schlupp will score a hat trick. Thought Jeff Schlupp was excellent against Leon. Is that Roy? Is that who's checked the name on that? <laughs> yeah. it says it says at Roy Burner account. I don't know what yeah. that means. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Joel CP seventy said, "Oh no, that's responding." So he said, "I think he will." Uh, he, it, this is saying Edwards has scored that many goals. He can finish, and he's more likely to score when he's on the pitch rather than benched. Well, I think that's just the. An absolute fact. It's difficult to score from the bench. Playing the margins there. <laughs> Especially when the manager was playing a back 10 for months. And are we assuming, are we all working on the assumption that Eze is going to be the penalty taker? Now there is yeah, that other guy's not around. It's got to be, right? Yeah. Still only getting nine, though, for this season. Uh, Palace to who's beat Brighton. Who's going to win the away. penalties? That's, that's, the, that's the real trick. Yeah. Who's going to win them? <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, Boise 2018, Palace to beat Brighton home and away. Um, we've got <laughs> Jockey Up, Terence to drink Fosters all season. Well, I've already um, ruined ruined, ruined that one. Yeah, You're ruining uh, it. You're ruining it. Tony Stewart, Edward to get 15 plus goals. Proving a popular one. John Robert, Eze to score 13 goals. An episode thirteen to be recorded in Scout Jeff Scout Hut. <laughs> Oi, don't haunted he is. Yeah, here's uh, Ryan's. I, can, sorry, can I can I just jump in, <laughs> producer Sam? Where are you currently? Because we're looking at you, and you're in a hut, <laughs> and there's no guarantee that you're there of your own volition. So, I can is every blink twice if everything's okay? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, yeah, Brian yeah, Zaha. Different in... balls to what Sam's got in the background, though. <laughs> I mean, to paint a picture for the listeners, I, I said Samantha looks like she's doing a diary of a mentry, either like Big Brother or Love Island style. She's got like a big inflatable behind her. Uh, what I thought was a inflatable box of Lego. Oh, I'd like, I'd like to. <laughs> 
<laughs> she's got, so behind it, she's got a paddling pool and, and an irrigation system, apparently. <laughs> it's a definite upgrade from That's not being what Jeff in the nursery it. with the uh, with the baby behind me, though. To be fair. <laughs> Well, um, I turn 41 tomorrow. Um, I think I need a good irrigation system behind me if anyone can install one. <laughs> um, Pethos7 has said, we will go into the first international break in a Champions League spot. Now, there's some optimism for you. Wow. Mm. He's been on the Belgian beer. <laughs> DJ CPFC predicting an academy breakthrough due to the squad being paper thin outs- outside of midfield. Slightly passive aggressive there. <laughs> uh, James C has said we're not going to miss Saha as much as we all think. Top 10 finish earned through newfound consistency. And finally, OB, Josh OB. We beat City at the Etihad and draw with them at home which is what we did two seasons ago. Certainly not last year. Yeah, we beat them 2-0 at their place and 0-0. Um, probably should have won at their place last season before a certain hardened, activated beast mode and scored a hat-trick. But <clears throat> well, we can forget about that. So I think that's our lot for this week. Um, thank you to Samantha for producing. Thank you, Albert. Thank you, Hesky, for joining, particularly Albert for making all the effort from abroad to take his equipment and record what you got for us, sir. Well, no, it's just, it's, it's, it's come around. You know, I told you I met the Belgian family uh, at the pool yesterday and you're drinking the Belgian beer. Just a little thought you might like to know, especially because you're on a, a 10% one, that they uh, they taught my eldest some Flemish phrases. And one of them was nukun in the kuchen which translates as to sex in the kitchen. <laughs> um, which I don't think you'll get up to after that, after that 10% <laughs> beer, to be honest. Definitely not. Um, so we're obviously, this is our first real proper podcast of the season. So we'd really appreciate it if you could go off to your various podcast outlets that you listen on and give us some five-star reviews. Um, leave some comments and all of that. Um, really, really helps nice push us up, push us up those rankings. Yes. Um, shout out to the two. We've already got one from um, long time listener Tony, and one from I think it's you, Albert. To be honest, <laughs> glowing review of the bed, po- the best podcast that I'm on. Is is this the only one you're on? I only I only deal in facts. <laughs> Leave a comment, leave a five-star comment, and we'll pick one out of the hat, and they'll get some nugget in the cooking with <laughs> choice. Um, so if, on this, all the socials, we're at Winging It CPFC, so you can find us currently on Twitter, you can find us on Instagram, you can find us on Threads. Um, we should by now be on all your podcast outlets. Um, I think we're on Apple, Google um everything else i think we've 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 started to appear now which is why we did an episode zero and if the mood takes you and you want to email us which feels like such an ancient technology these days um <laughs> winging it cpfc at gmail.com will get you through to us so um any questions any feedback anything you like use those socials and that email address to get in contact with us um 
we've got more coming up next week where maybe we'll start we'll start pushing our marathon march fundraising efforts because we will be doing that in october i fucking hate walking but i've been trying i've been learning don't put that on your sponsorship page (laughs) i mean i did (laughs) i did put it on my sponsorship page it says i hate walking with a passion and this is very true i bought some hiking boots or shoes kind of make me look like a spy scale very lots of platform on them but hey we'll get into the marathon march next week and bobby who's the chief fundraiser for the palace for life foundation has said that he will pop on the podcast to talk about our fundraising efforts and the marathon march and give us some tips as we approach closer to the time so looking forward to that one in the future we'll be back next week um so until then up the palace